Welcome to the IAB Policy Podcast, where we provide expert commentary and analysis on the legal and regulatory developments impacting the digital advertising industry. My name is Alex Propes, and I'm the Vice President of Public Policy for the IAB, based in Washington, D.C. Recently, the Australian government announced that it would require Google and Facebook to share advertising revenue with local media firms. This announcement made headlines globally and was the latest development in a multi-year inquiry by the Australian government into digital platforms. In today's conversation, I get to sit down with Gayla Roy, CEO of IB Australia, to go beyond the headlines and learn more about what this development means for the digital advertising industry. Gay, thanks for joining us. Pleasure, Alex. So I'm really looking forward to delving into some of the recent policy developments that have taken place in Australia and, and made headlines globally. Um, but we are recording this episode in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. And so I did just want to kick off the discussion by asking how you're doing, uh, both personally and also as the CEO of an important trade association. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Um, I mean, luckily, Australia has been um, fairly good at managing the coronavirus. Um, so you know, any any deaths bad, but fairly low death rates, really good um, control of the spread of the the, the virus. So um, that's been that's been great. So hopefully we'll sort of I guess come back into the world a bit quicker than other than other countries. Um, but it's been a big impact on I guess the way we work, um, particularly the market. Um, Australia sort of had a triple whammy in terms of our economic impact on on advertising. So. COVID's obviously been huge, but before that we had um, major bushfires in December and January, which impacted, you know, the, the market overall and obviously the country. And then Australia's been in a bit of an advertising recession for maybe the last nine months or so. So very slow, slow growth, low consumer confidence. So um, hopefully we'll have some good news at the end of this, everyone. All the advertisers will be desperate to spend when we're out in the world, um, but I think we all know there'll be a fairly long economic impact locally and globally. Um, and the role of the IB, you know, we're, we're always a not-for-profit association, but in these times it really feels like our role as a support network, you know, locally and globally is more important than ever. And I felt that, I guess, that responsibility and the team have as well for our members and our industry. Um, so I'd say we've been working doubly as hard, um, doing sort of new initiatives that support the industry at this time. We're doing weekly webinars, fun quizzes, anything we can think to keep the um, community engaged, informed, um, as well as sort of business as usual. Um, I know we'll go on to talk about policy, but um, government are not slowing down in terms of, of their sort of um, programs. So we're sort of trying to balance both. Um, so I think everyone's sort of that blurred lines between work and home and um, the team are online, you know, all the time working and, you know, they've been they've been amazing, as our members have been. Like they really, they reach out to us as well to say, how are you guys going? So it's a, it, it's a lovely community um, element around the IAB at this time in particular. Yeah, I, I found a similar thing and it's really helped us, I think, in the U.S., have a, a newfound appreciation for the role that IAB can serve as a meeting place, as a safe place mm-hmm. for industry in challenging times to come together and to discuss the issues of the day. So I think there, there's, you know, there's, there's a light there for us to, to appreciate that role we have and, and serve our members um, in that way. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And you mentioned the, the economic impact. I know you've done some research on this too, um, which 
it seemed to to mirror pretty closely with some of the figures that we found here in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, most people looking at their strategy in some sense, which makes sense, um, about a quarter withholding spend altogether. Um, but there's a lot of unknowns. So hoping we can guide um, the industry out of that so that the advertisers who are not sure when to come back in, um, we're starting to see some of them come back in with new creative, which is good, getting the right messaging, um, much as sort of the um, US and UK IABs, we're doing a big push in terms of um, trying to educate advertisers that advertising in news environments um, is not always a bad thing, um, lifting some of those keywords, supporting supporting both the publishers, but not just, you know, um, a as a goodwill get gesture, as a it's a great place for messages to land with engaged consumers, uh, you know, with the right tone, obviously. Um, so we've been doing a lot of work on that, but yes, so that the ad impact is is big, but you know, there's a lot of people who are willing to spend at the right time, which is um, encouraging. Well, that's great to hear. Mm. As you alluded to, governments have not necessarily slowed down during this time, and uh, and they're still dealing with uh, many issues that impact the industry, uh, not just in direct response to the, the current crisis, but but many other topics that, that deserve attention. And many of our listeners will have seen in recent days headlines in the New York Times and Wall Street Journal and other trade press here in the U.S. Um, that the Australian government is going to require platforms to share advertising revenue with local media. And I understand that this is only the latest development in an ongoing government inquiry into digital platforms, but I was wondering if you could start off by giving us some background on on why this inquiry was launched and, and what it entails. Sure. Um, so we're about three years into this um, adventure now. Um, so it really kicked off with a, a local senator um, questioning the future of, of journalism and publishing. So, you know, obviously, as with any other markets, you know, there's a lot of pressure on domestic publishers and um, content and news producers um, with the with the ad share at the moment. So that's, that's where it all kicked off. Um, at that point, you know, due to that sort of um, distribution of ad dollars, the treasurer actually tasked a body, a, a statutory body in Australia called the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, the ACCC it's, as it's known, to look into, I guess, the market power, um, the uh, distribution of dollars, um, the support for content creators. So uh, a very large investigation called the Digital Platforms Inquiry was launched um, within sort of late 2017. Um, so the ACCC is a, uh, look, it's an interesting body. It has both that consumer element and the competition and pricing element um, combined. Um, and it's a fairly powerful, powerful organisation um, that looks at pricing, competition, um, consumer rights, business rights. So it really goes across the whole gamut. So once that um, that body was tasked with this, um, it, it actually expanded the remit quite quite strongly in terms of what they were looking at. Um, we've seen in other markets different investigations sort of sitting in siloed um, siloed investigations or siloed approaches. Um, I guess quite rightly, everything plays into the one piece. If you look at, you know, the impact of privacy, pricing, um, you know, media content creation, there, there's a lot of overlap and interlay, interlay with, with all of those issues. So. 
um, off the back of that inquiry, we've got a very um, detailed 600-part page um, plus um, uh, report that went through the whole the whole industry, and off the back of that, um, 23 recommendations. So you know, a very broad, rich mix of recommendations that went from from privacy to um, uh, looking at the platforms, I guess, negotiations with media companies, but then right through to a few surprise packages, which were investigation into ad tech, um, as well as um, media agencies and that sort of whole supply chain and how it how it operates. So um, no shortage of riches for um, lawyers, um, industry bodies and, and different, different players in the mix. Um, so there were sort of three main streams that came out of that report. Um, one of those is the the code, which we'll, we'll talk about in detail. And then the two other areas are um, one is privacy. So privacy is looked after by a different um, government department, which is sort of the privacy commissioner, which is our um, Office of Australian Information Commissioner. Um, and that has been a... Um, the privacy law was going to be reviewed anyway, so this has sort of added some extra extra flavour to that. That's still in play at the moment. There's not a clear um, timing on that on that reform at the moment. So uh, the recommendations in that report were probably stronger than we've seen in other markets, uh, but we're not at that point of having any sort of draft legislation. Um, so still time for the industry to sort of work with government on what the best approach to that is and um, learn from other markets. So I know you guys are going through in the midst of CCPA, so anything we can work out that, particularly from a consumer angle, you know, what's the what's a fair burden to put on them in terms of, um, you know, signing in, um, understanding value exchange, et cetera, and, and learning from GDPR as well. So that's one of the streams. The, the second stream is a separate inquiry into ad tech and agencies. Um, so that's kicked off um, so that at the moment um, the ACCC are collecting submissions for their first sort of interim report. So the IAB's just fed into that. Um, tricky thing for a trade body with some of these inquiries, as you would know, they, they come very close to competition and pricing, which is an area that we, you know, we cannot and should not be involved with. Um, so, we, you know, we've definitely tried to help the ACCC in terms of what tools, what resources are out there to aid transparency and particularly what, how we help uh, marketers um, understand, you know, the buying process, what's in their control, what ad tech does. Um, so, you know, really puts the power back in their hands to make choices. Um, so, so we've just submitted that. Um, and then, um, as you mentioned up front, so about a week ago, we, we had um, some news that the... Um, uh, government was speeding up what was to be a voluntary code between the platforms and the media owners. So the, um, there was, a, I guess, a, a stream of work going on where the platforms were um, to submit what they thought was a fair uh, voluntary code and um, compensation for the media owners for any sort of co uh, content that was distributed or used within their platforms. Um, Look, COVID-19 has, you know, as we spoke about earlier, sped up the um, pressure on a lot of media companies in terms of revenue. Um, so, so timing for this um, change from a voluntary to a mandatory code um, is very much market-driven. 
Um, so the government's, you know, and, and to, be, to be honest with your audience, it was always going to be tricky to get, you know, the platforms and the media owners to, to agree without probably a little bit of guidance and support. Um, so, so that sort of um, sped things up. So we've got a timeline now for um, July to come out with a draft uh, mandatory code and then hoping that to get that implemented quite quickly after that. Was the idea of a mandatory code or mandating this something that was contemplated in the in the inquiry itself, or was this a surprise to to everybody? No, no, it was definitely highlighted in the report that um, there needed to be um, some sort of so so in other markets we've seen um, this issue around copyright. This was more around actually advertising revenue and share of you know of advertising revenue and um, I guess negotiations, commercial negotiations, and if there was a level playing field, if the um, the power that the media owners had in negotiating was strong enough. So really that real strength of the ACCC in terms of, of pricing and market power coming into play there. Um, so I think, the, I think the, the surprise for the platforms was um, that they, I guess, didn't get a chance to submit their, the, the um, codes that they've been working on. Um, so it sort of just sped that up. So um, we're not exactly sure what that's going to look like, Alex. So the interesting thing is, um, the, I guess, the voices that have been um, strongest on the, on the content provider side have been the large broadcasters, the large newspaper advertisers, um, they're the ones that have got you, I guess, the strength and the relationships with, with Canberra, which is where our government's based, and with, uh, you know, sh lobbyists in play. Um, so, so they've been sort of driving this, which, you know, is, is sort of crucial for their business. But we're not sure how that plays in with, you know, smaller media or companies. It's been very focused on hard news. If it sort of stretches out to some softer news, some other content, uh, but it's very, very much been focused on how do we continue um, the supply of journalism to the Australian public. Um, so so no, surpri no, no surprises, but definitely still a lot of unknowns in terms of um, what it means, like in terms of um, distribution of dollars, what, is it based on, you know, number of journalists, is it based on, you know, share of queries. Um, so... Um, it will be really interesting to see how that can be can be fairly managed. Um, you, know, uh, you know, if you look at the sort of, I guess, historic um, uh, distribution of dollars from media owners, that's an interesting way of looking at it, but making sure we still have this vibrant, developing media um, environment so new players can come up um, and it's it, it's not just, I guess, distribution to traditional media companies. Um, so there's so many, so many pieces of this puzzle, as you know, with, with policy, you know, you start digging and you, you uncover, uncover new things. Um, and then there's also, I guess, the content for our, we have a very large public broadcaster um, whose remit is not to um, receive any money from advertising. Um, so, so how that works for them um, in, the, in the mix as well. Makes sense. No, that's a very helpful overview. And I think that was one of the points that was lost a bit in some of the headlines that I saw was exactly who was impacted by this code. 
Uh, I saw some that mentioned news, other that mentioned media more broadly, and then almost all the articles exclusively mentioned Google and Facebook. But is it is it broader than that? Well, it's it's look. The negotiations have been primarily with uh, Google and Facebook, and because of that market power element to this inquiry, um, so it definitely could. Um, so, you know, the Twitters of the world, you know, they're definitely involved in those discussions. Um, just because their share of the market is not as great, um, it's it's not as, um, I guess, um, vital for those negotiations to go on with the, with the other platforms. So definitely conversations have been with Google and Facebook, but it has got ramifications for any, I guess, any aggregation. Um, and, and I guess that fair value and that fair exchange. Um, and that's, I think that, you know, working out what that fair exchange is um, is going to be is going to be very very interesting. ACCC are very used to dealing with um, highly regulated markets, so they do a lot of work in um, energy and banking um, and trying to understand that you know that that market power, which um, you know the the beauty and the I guess the um, pain in our industry is it's so fragmented, right? There's just not a few players. There's long tail, there's up and coming, there's intermediaries, there's, you know, it's um, it's something that makes our industry fascinating. And, and I, I understand why governments look at it and go, you know, holy hell, it's very complicated. Does it need to be this complicated? Um, surely there's, you know, how can we have transparency when there's so many players in there? So, um, again, a, a good role for the IAB to... Um, you know, obviously not play in the, the competition and pricing side of things, but education on how our, our markets operate from a very much an operations point of view rather than a pricing and a pricing point of view. I think that's a great point. And one of the key missions that, that we see for ourselves in the U.S. as well is making sure that we're getting accurate information out there about current practice. And as you highlighted, that's changing um, constantly. And so that's it's a job in and of itself, making sure that, that you know, there's complete information to regulators who are then tasked with deciding what the, the proper policy should be. Mm. I mean, it's tricky at the time, at the, at the moment, with um, ad revenues being under pressure for platforms as well as domestic owners. Um, and I guess basing any um, review on current market is, is very tricky because everyone's down you know, there's not the normal flow of, you know, what um, advertising verticals are, you know, travels, travels non-existent, um, government, spend is up. So it's a very different look at the market at the moment. So, you know, is it based on historic data, current data? Can you, can we build a framework that's, you know, and I hate the, I do hate the term future-proof because it's a bit, you know, uh, uh, but, you know, something that can sustain market changes. Yeah, I love the optimism in that term, but but in reality, it's 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 challenging. Yeah, and so so we we know that in July we're expected to see a draft of some sort. Um, what will the process be from there? Do we need legislation to enact this, or can it be yeah. done by the ACC with their current authority? Um, look, I think it will go through as as legislation. Um, the ACCC has got you know the the. The power that they already need to, um, you know, um, do a lot of this already. But I'm imagining it will go through and actually be legislated. Um, the ACCC and the government are very close. You know, they they have a very um, t- 
tight working relationship and the, and the head of the ACCC, Rod Sims, is very keen to get this moving as well. So um, I imagine that will flow through quite smoothly. There'll be obviously, you know, input from both platforms and the media owners. Um, so until we see that draft, a draft um, you know, agenda, it's very hard to see um, what's going to happen. We've seen obviously, you know, in France and Spain, other markets where, you know, it's it's been not, it's been clunky and, you know, there's been a lot of challenges. Um, so again, hopefully we can learn from those examples um, and see what works for the whole industry. You know, it's, there are a lot of um, structural changes and challenges for media companies beyond, beyond the platform. So, you know, as, as the IAB are sort of part of our remitters, you know, you know, ensuring that we've got a, sustain, a sustainable and diverse um, digital advertising economy um, and just recognising this isn't sort of the, you know, the one solution uh, for media that we still need to be working on other ways, you know, as we talked about, you know, advertisers supporting media organisations, proving the value of, of being in those environments, looking at other revenue streams, diversification of revenue streams for media companies. Um, so it's just one part of the puzzle to ensure that we do have this important sort of content um, creation and, and journalism in, in the market. And you mentioned the other aspect of this inquiry, privacy and advertising technology inquiry. Um, could you, on the privacy topic, I'd be curious, you mentioned that there's nothing imminent on that front but that it's an issue that has received a lot of attention in Australia. Could you maybe just do a, another few sentences on, on where you are in the process? Are you seeing influence by international laws like GDPR in, in, in Australia? Yeah, so we, we had an update to our sort of privacy principles um, thinking it's about three years ago. So there were some changes overall and that wasn't media specific. There were just some um, sort of higher penalties for data breaches, um, but not a complete review of that, um, particularly the anonymous or the identifiable bit of identity. Um, so, so that's definitely been discussed a lot in terms of, you know, what that, what that, what identity means. Um, in that sort of 600-page report, the recommendations for the ACCC, which don't necessarily sort of have that privacy remit, though, you know, um, government's much the same as commercial. We all like to sort of, you know, um, have, our, have our say, um, be, you know, our, our industry is very used to that sort of media first element. So trying to, you know, get ahead of the curve, you know, beat our overseas competitors, uh, beat other industry or other government bodies. Um, so the ACCC had some fairly firm views on um, what privacy legislation could look like. They were at that point look, recommending at least a review of um, a completely opt-in system um, for consumers uh, with some fairly high bars in terms of um, a completely unbundled opt-in approach, um, which in theory, you know, consumers should be completely informed. You know, I think everyone's, you know, very supportive of putting the power in the consumer's hands, but... Um, as we know, the idea of a completely opt-in system for every part of the, of the chain can be quite uh, burdensome for consumers. Um, you know, a lot of the GDPR side of things has been great, but a lot of it also, you know, has put 
you know, it's almost done the opposite in terms of, you know, consumers just sort of trying to flick away messages, um, not actually getting them thinking about what they're, what they're you know, really doing. So um, I guess a little bit of concern from not just media but business in terms of what that model might look like um, and what the sort of really um, how that would operate, particularly for, you know, we're talking about smaller media owners. So when there's a really strong relationship between a consumer and a media owner or a business, um, that's fine. What does that do for sort of long tail, um, I guess, opportunity to try, um, you know, dip in, dip out of different different media sites, different advertisers, um, and making sure that we don't put sort of, you know, really high barriers that, that stop that um, growth of the market. Yeah, that's a great point. I think when we think about privacy, so often you see areas where it has impacts beyond just the topic of privacy itself and, and consumer protections. It's also about competition and has these other, whether intended or unintended consequences. So looking at it holistically in that sense, um, I, I think there is some benefit. And so it sounds like the ACC with this broad mission, um, you know, while it, while it requires a lot of reading material, it does give them maybe a holistic view in some ways. Yeah, and look, we'll see. And again, I said we've got a bit of time for for looking what's happened in other markets. The um, at the moment, it's sitting with the Attorney General, um, and then we'll, we'll give a they'll give sort of direction to the to the Privacy Commissioner. Um, so we're not sure of that timing yet. Um, I'm imagining within the sort of next, it'll be sort of an eighteen month process. Um, so we have a bit of time. Um, we work very closely with our, which as I know you do, with our other industry bodies. So. Uh, many discussions with our advertiser body, which is called the AANA here, which is a bit like your ANA, and we have a specific um, industry body for media um, agencies called the MFA. So the three of us have a lot of discussions around this, making sure that you know we're inputting in terms of how that flow of business can you know can can grow, how we can be. You know, we like to call ourselves a smart nation, um, as I guess a lot of nations do, and how how we can make sure innovation and um, and growth can occur in this sort of framework as well. Well, that's great to hear. Well, I know that public policy is only one of many areas that IAB Australia focuses on. Are there any other initiatives, whether related to today's topics or otherwise, that you're interested in highlighting? Oh, absolutely. Thank God it's not our only area because it, <laughs> it's, I, I admire Alex, it's such a, uh, I guess, a, a taxing and, you know, mind-boggling field. So, um, we, we do have uh, many other areas. And, and the one thing I love about, I guess, the different IABs around the world is we also sort of have our own flavours. Um, each, each sort of chapter has sort of strengths in different areas. So we're um, historically been very strong in measurement um, and, and the sort of the traditional ratings and audience measurement side of it rather than just the technical side. Um, so we um, actually oversee our currency um, so we do have an endorsed um, digital ratings currency, which is currently with Nielsen. Um, so, so a lot of work goes into that. Um, and again, when we're talking about media owners in particular, making sure that they've got accurate and comparable audience data that they can give agencies and advertisers that has got that sort of, um, you know, layer of um, credibility that the advertisers are looking for to go, yep, this is through a system that's been checked. 
Um, it's apples for apples. Um, so that's that's taking a lot of work. Obviously, there's a lot of changes both in privacy but in, and in cookies um, to make sure that we've got a system that can give granular and accurate information in, um, in the future. So we've had a, a large... A project over the last year or so called the Future of Measurement, which is which is ongoing. Um, it will sort of um, have input from the large project REAC, which um, Tech Lab are running as well, um, to make sure we can, um, you know, deliver what's an increasingly difficult and expensive area um, to provide sort of that accurate measurement in market. Um, so that, that that that's sort of a, a large stream of what we do. Um, we've also got incredibly strong technical chops. Uh, so we have a, long, a very strong um, tech lead locally uh, who works closely with Tech Lab. Um, so really rolling out a lot of initiatives, education pieces, um, as I said, feeding into that government inquiry on ad tech and, and agencies. And we have a um, what I think is a world leading, as, a, as much as I was mocking sort of governments for trying to do world leading, um, that document that came out about 18 months ago called the Australian Digital Advertising Practices that looks at, um, at that point, it was four different pillars of um, uh, particularly, I guess, the, the technical side of the digital supply chain. So looking at viewability, brand safety, um, data privacy, and it's, it's a document that's really aimed at marketers. So it's on its own, it's sort of an hour read. We've tried to as much as possible strip out jargon, which I think we've semi-successfully done, um, that, you know, even a CMO can read it and go, okay, here's what I need to know. And then if I need to deep, dig, you know, dig deeper into any of these issues, I can, I can call on my geeks and go, okay, are we doing the right thing with brand safety? What are the considerations, you know, if we are asking for certain amounts of viewability, what impact does that have on the rest of my, my media buy? So we're about to come out with a second version of that um, and a very strong education and training um, program that goes along with that. Um, and we work, so in other markets, we've seen similar documents that have come out from one side of the industry. So there's a lot of, you know, WFA have done a lot of things, ISBAR, um, we've found it really important to, it's a, it's a, a three-way partnership with the advertiser body and the media owners. So um, it's been lovely to be able to present that as a harmonised view of the world to say, actually, we all agree on this approach, um, which, which gives, you know, all our members, the members of the three bodies, a lot of confidence to know it's, it's not a fight. We're all in this together. We've all got similar challenges in terms of, particularly on the technical side in terms of measuring campaigns, running an efficient ecosystem, you know, getting rid of fraud. They're not specific to one part. Um, so I'm really excited about that document coming out and working as closely as possible with, with advertisers and marketers to, you know, as they start spending again, give them confidence that their money's being used wisely um, and they're in the driver's seat. That's great. I'm really looking forward to seeing the the next version iteration of that document. It's something that we've looked at in the U.S. and and been inspired by. So, congratulations on on the great work on that. Where can listeners go to learn more about IAB Australia? Well, 
thanks for asking, Alex. Um, <laughs> so um, all our, all our resources are on iabaustralia.com.au. So, you know, myriad of white papers. We're trying to get better at sort of bubbling up information in, in easy-to-read ways. So we're a lot of infographics. Uh, we've got a, a wonderful quarantine quiz at the moment if anyone wants to test their skills um, and, and have a go at that. That's not necessarily sort of Australian-specific. Um, and we have our own podcast, which um, is absolutely my favourite thing to do out of all of my job. Um, I love doing our podcast, so we um, do that every couple of weeks. We've, we've mostly flipped to webinars at the moment, um, but um, that podcast is up on the website. There's a lot of historic information there. Um, you know, nice 20-minute easy commute when we're commuting again um, material. So lot, lots of lots of materials there and... Um, yeah, so hopefully some of your listeners will be interested in, in, in reading some of that information. We'll be sure, sure to include a link in the show notes. And I have to say that your podcast has been an inspiration for us as we really entered this journey and, and, and learn, uh, learn from you. So thank you for that. But our guest today has been Gay Leroy, the CEO of IB Australia. Gay, thank you for joining us. Pleasure, Alex. Talk to you soon.